Welcome to Write, Read, and Write. I am Adam Preston Peril, and I am joined by Josiah Seth Gray, as you might have guessed. And uh, Josiah, why might they have guessed that? Because, Adam, I'm always here. That's not creepy. <laughs> no, it's actually a little bit expected. And why is that? Uh, because, Adam, we are co-hosts. Uh, I mean, we're cooperative hosts. It's inherent to in this position that we share that we're always going to be together. We're like uh, peanut butter and jelly or, or Tony Stark and Captain America. Or in 2021, we're like COVID-19 and baby blue face masks. I'm Tony Stark, right? And I'm Captain America, of course. Well, that, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty solid reasoning then. <laughs> and well, anyone who also knows the nature of podcasts could reason this out because hosting material, or if you've been listening to this podcast a while, you should be able to infer that there will be two of us. Uh, that is un until one of us fakes our deaths and goes to live in a bunker somewhere. And I'm not going to tell you which one of us that will be. It's me, isn't it? It probably is. All right. Excellent. <laughs> well, <laughs> then today we are on a specific topic, and we're going to talk about the skill of inference. Yeah, inference. Uh, we're into big words today, and when we're talking about inference, it's basically just a fancy way of saying that you're coming to a conclusion based on the evidence that is available to you, that is. Um, so if you've watched Sherlock Holmes, he kind of uses inference. Uh, if, he, if Sherlock Holmes was to see someone with rough and calloused hands, he might look at that person and be able to make a pretty good guess that that person works on some kind of hands-on job, okay? Maybe they're a construction worker or a carpenter. Uh, but in the end, this, is a, this type of inference is called deduction. And you might have heard that word because they say it in Sherlock Holmes movies every once in a while. Uh, but what's important is that we're using the ideas available to us to come up with an answer. And you know, in the end, though, it's important to remember that Sherlock Holmes's deduction and the inference is just a guess. He doesn't know for certain. Uh, but Adam, I, I don't want to guess with you. I don't want to infer what you, what you mean. So I'm going to ask you directly. Uh, what is your take on inference and how students can work on this skill intentionally? Uh, I am so glad that you asked, because for me, inference skills are the same skills you use to put a puzzle together. And I love puzzles. No matter how many pieces or how complex the puzzle you use, you're going to have some pretty elementary practices to make it a complete picture. First, what I do is sort out the edges. My reasoning is that edges are fewer in number than centerpieces and have a limited amount of pairings or matches with other pieces. Then I pit them together by reviewing the picture I am to be making and identifying where each edge piece should go. Once the edges are all connected, I have a frame to fill in. To fill in this frame, I find easily identifiable and unique pieces and group them according to color or pattern. All pieces start being matched according to their grouping until larger images appear with my collected pieces. I then put everything together. Using reasoning and logic, I can understand what I need to do, the benefits of the information I have, and how everything is connected. Inference is just that, putting the pieces you understand that are really there together. In a puzzle, 
you don't add pieces from a different kind of puzzle. You don't put peanut butter in place of a puzzle piece and you don't force pieces together. You don't use what doesn't belong to make the complete picture. Inference is just about as much recognizing what goes together and making sense as it is understanding what kind of information doesn't fit in at all. So Josiah, to help our students grasp this concept better, how would you use inference? Okay, well, let's just backpedal a second. Not putting puzzle pieces together, not putting peanut butter in place of your puzzle piece, such a boring puzzle. <laughs> I admit, I am a boring man. Yes, you are, you are very, um, things have to make sense to you. But uh, I, I do like your metaphor of a puzzle and how everything should work together and you, you shouldn't just be forcing things uh, to make sense. And that is why, going back to our other example of Sherlock Holmes, uh, he wouldn't look at someone with calloused hands and you know, say that person's a painter because uh, maybe a sculptor, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but you can't, you're forcing things that don't have a logical connection. And so as inference, what I like about it is it's a skill and skills are really important, especially when you're going to do English and reading comprehension. So let's give you an example about reading comprehension and how to use logic and inference to help you out. So writers and authors, when they're doing description, they normally rely on two different strategies. Uh, it's called showing and, it's, and also telling. And again, this is a massive topic, uh, which I think we're going to talk about more in detail next week because there's a lot of nitty gritty uh, debates about this and maybe... Uh, Adam has a different opinion. But basically, an author will either tell you exactly what something or someone is like, or they will show you what that person or thing is like through the action or the dialogue about it or about the person. So let me give you an example. Obviously, uh, A Christmas Carol is a very famous story by Charles Dickens. And we all know Mr. Scrooge in the story is considered to be a grouchy, miserly man who hates Christmas. And Charles Dickens could tell you that, okay? He could say, in quotes, Mr. Scrooge was a grouchy, miserly man who hated Christmas. And you would know that because it's right there. Or Charles Dickens could show you this. So maybe he, you would go into Scrooge's bank and you would realize, you find out that it's always cold there because Scrooge wouldn't spend any extra money to heat it. Um, and you could also be told that uh, whenever someone says anything good about Christmas, maybe Scrooge would say, you know, uh, and he'd grunt and he'd say, bah, humbug. And so in this second example, we learn all about Scrooge and we learn that Scrooge is miserly because he won't give us, ex he won't give extra money to make his bank warm. And we learn that he's grouchy and hates Christmas because he keeps on grunting and saying, uh, bah humbug, okay? However, we're not meant to be told these things, okay? What we're doing is we're using our logical brains and inferring what Charles Dickens means through these descriptions. We're not being told, to this is what it is. We're having to piece it together like a puzzle. Did you just say dispersions? Did I say dispersions? I don't think I said dispersions. What okay, I, I, I'm just clarifying if you're using big I, I words. I think I said infersions. Oh, infersions. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm checking your big words. 
Uh, <laughs> well, that was an excellent. I'll try to keep them small. I'll keep my words small. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an excellent take on inference. Um, and any cautions that you might give students who want to practice their inference skills? Yeah, I there is something that I love to do. Um, it's called people watching. Uh, you might have heard that before, but it's a really fun activity. And normally, if you were to do this, you'd go to a public place like a mall and you'd sit on a bench and you'd make inferences about the people who are around you. So maybe you'd see a guy and a girl holding hands and you could infer that maybe they're on a date or they're in their relationship. And you could even go beyond inference and you could make up a whole backstory about them. Uh, maybe what has happened or what will happen. Anyway, we're in lockdown. Sadly, you cannot go somewhere public, but maybe you could sit on your balcony and watch people on the street, or you could watch a YouTube video. There are many, many, many uh, people watching videos online. But when you're doing this, I do want you to practice your inferring skills. Uh, guess, make guesses, inferences based on uh, what evidence is there, but only guess um, you know, if these only guess that these two random people might be in a relationship, if there is evidence, if they weren't holding hands, or they're not even talking to each other, can you really infer that they're together? Maybe or maybe not. Okay. But Adam, what do you want the students to do now? Well, my suggestion to students who want stronger logic and inference skills is to do logic grid puzzles. Uh, these are the ones that have cross-sections where you figure out what information matches with subsequent information or connected information. They usually give it in bits of clues to help you piece together the more complex situations. And you can figure out the answer with the clues and some logic, some reasoning. Doing this daily will really help you with your inference on your exams, projects, but also help you clear out irrelevant information, stuff that doesn't matter from your reasoning process. I'm not surprised that when you went with a puzzle option. Yeah, as for me, I've never been into puzzles. I think maybe I finished one or two in my entire life. And I've never been into Sudoku. Uh, and, you know, as a kid, <laughs> this is my moment to confess things. Uh, if I ever, you know, got stuck on a puzzle in like a game like Zelda, I, <laughs> I would go online and find the answer. Um, that's my horrible confession. Um, please don't judge me. And I, I do hope you can all you know, accept me for my fault. <laughs> well, well, I accept you, Josiah. Not everyone's into puzzles. And I have a confession to make, too. I do at least one Sudoku a day. I do one crossword puzzle a day. And I do one logic grid puzzle a day. It's like my morning brain exercise. <laughs> and do you get that from, like, the New Yorker or something? No, no, I get it. There's a U.S. Daily uh, crossword puzzle. Sudoku's its own app. And the logic grid puzzles are its own app. But, you know, about 8.30 in the morning before I'm about to teach, and, and I suggest this for almost all of my students who we, we, when we go through logic grid puzzles, just doing one a day early in the morning is going to get your brain ready to listen to your teachers, to study your courses, to do anything. And it can take you less than 10 minutes if you do like a normal to easy logic grid. That is brilliant. It's a great idea. But Adam, you are such a stereotype. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for uh, sticking with us. We hope that you stay safe and try out our suggestions for building your critical reading skills and inference. All right. So this has been Write, Read, and Write. And as you could infer that this is the end of our episode, as you might also infer, we will see you next time.